Hello, free thinkers. I'm Mickey Z, and I welcome you to Post Woke, the New York City-based podcast where we practice intellectual self-defense. My primary goal is to find more ways to provide major real-life help for vulnerable people who are far too busy trying to survive to worry about which social media figure has the most subscribers or influence. You'll get a brief glimpse at life on the free agent fringe right after this word from our sponsor. Hey, Mickey Z here. And as many of you already know, for nearly seven years, I've been running a one-man program to help homeless women on the streets of New York. And you can check the show notes for a link that explains it in more detail. Um, I am also looking to expand this program, and I'm starting to do that in small steps now. And I want to help more people in bigger ways in addition to the homeless women. And basically, to put it simply, I want to try and facilitate miracles on the streets. And I'm there is another link in the show notes that you can check out to learn a little bit more about that. So I'm going to just leave you guys to... Click on those links, learn more, and follow your heart because I need your financial support and I need you to share the links in order to keep this going and growing. So I thank you in advance and let's get back to the show. As I near my two-year anniversary on Substack in general, and a little after that would be two years as a podcaster, I feel like sharing some, you know, pulling back the curtain a bit and sharing some about life as a free agent podcaster. And at the same time, I'd be sharing about this movement, quote unquote, that um, has sort of adopted me or assumes that I'm part of it. And I have a lot to say about it. I think you guys already know that fact. Um, So I'll start by saying this. Very recently, I turned down an opportunity to interview someone on Postwoke who is a, a pretty big figure in the in the truther world. Um, and the main reason that I opted to not do this is because I don't think I want to continue attracting more and more truthers, most of which will begin by thinking, oh, check out this interview. I'm going to love this guy. And then bail once they realize that I'm not a strident, single-issue substacker. Also, another reason for this particular declining of the interview was that the person that in question is going through a lot right now, and I'm probably not the right guy to interview him because I did have some confusions about um, leading up to this situation, and I don't want to come across as if like I'm challenging him and hear some podcast uh, inside podcast info. You have somebody on who's popular and is going through something, and then you could be perceived as challenging them, you might wind up having them not share the link. And then you wind up losing a major chunk of the potential audience you were going to meet. So it's just, it's classic so far for two years of doing this. So I just said, I'm going to pass and continue seeking a new path. And again, 
These are the logistics of life as a free agent podcaster. Because I knew everyone on the left back in the day, but most of those former comrades ignore my work now or sometimes um, will speak out against it. But mostly they ignore it because they imagine me as a as having been transformed into a racist, science-denying, transphobic grandma killer. And then there are some people that I guess would fall under the broad umbrella of mainstream who could be potential guests, but they've expressed um, a discomfort with being associated with me because of the other the topics that I tackle and the other guests that I've had. And of course, that brings us to the so-called medical freedom movement many of whom see themselves as too important to even reply to invitations or just too big to be on a podcast like mine. Um, For example, I was recently told by someone on RFK Jr.'s campaign team, somebody I interviewed on Postwoke last year, by the way, that my show was just not big enough for Kennedy to take the time for an interview. Okay, so be it. I asked the person who conveyed this news if he would then do a return appearance instead. He said yes. Um, we tried to set a date, and then he stopped replying. And as I said, this is this is not unusual. I could tell you about exchanges with all sorts of figures, like say Zuby, but I don't want to turn this into <laughs> gossip. And most of them aren't worth the oxygen. I'll just say that Zuby also told me that he only does big shows, but he did invite me onto his show, and then disinvite me from being on his podcast. Uh, But I do, there's one person I want to tell you about, not to pick on her, but just to tell you the type of hoops that you have to go through for people who are perceived to be um, fighting for freedom and taking on the, uh, the type of people who behave like this. There's Catherine Austin Fitz. Um, I had a friend of hers on my show as a guest So as a result, I was able to get her contact info, reach out, and then I heard back from not her, but her assistant, her assistant. Now, this person told me that I had to go through an application process for the right to possibly interview Catherine. Now, I could kind of sort of understand this if I were a rando, because she doesn't want to, someone like her has to be careful as to what show she's on, but her friend recommended Postwoke to her. But be that as it may, I said, let's let's follow through this process. So I filled out a literal application, after which I noticed I noted that Fitz's assistant had subscribed to Postwoke, free subscriber, of course. After about a month of silence, that assistant then unsubscribed without any explanation. So I reached out to say, because this is what I do, um, hey, I see you just unsubscribed from my Substack. Should I take that as a sign that my application was denied? Of course, there was no reply. Ultimately, all of these people and others I could mention did me a favor because if they had followed through and behaved professionally and scheduled and showed up on time and were on the podcast, it probably would have led me to have more subscribers who fit into the category of already converted. So then I'd be stuck with this conundrum should I just sing to the choir, which of course I would never do, or risk angering them and having them unsubscribe when I don't blindly adhere to the accepted talking points and chant the official mantras? Because there are folks out there of all beliefs who are elevating themselves by playing the role of guru, but not even trying to connect with the masses and 
definitely not encouraging their listeners to think for themselves and actually challenge them, the gurus. What It seems that what they're after is social media prestige and income. Shocking. Um, for far too many truth warriors, it's part popularity contest and part pissing contest. It's also increasingly become a hive mind of sadly ironic truth stretching as they fall for every new theory that's suggested without even a hint of vetting the information they share. As long as these behaviors continue, the parasite class can sit above the fray and thrive. But it doesn't have to be like this. Not even close. If more people resisted the allure of the echo chamber, we could then have more solidarity and fewer charismatic cult leaders. That, my friends, would be a giant step towards positive, sustainable change. I'll be back with some closing thoughts after one more word from our sponsor. Hey, Mickey Z here. I trust you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to take a quick break to request that you seriously consider becoming a paid subscriber to Post Woke, because Post Woke is more than this podcast, which is a weekly podcast with crucial, important conversations with crucial and important guests. Post Woke is also a Substack on which I post on a daily basis. I'm talking about written posts. And I, first and foremost, I am a writer. I have 12 books out and I have been writing for many decades. And so you are getting quality content at least once a day, all for $5 a month. And no matter what you decide, you can become a free subscriber if you choose. I ask you to please share the link and spread the word. And while you're at it, Check the show notes for information on how to order the post-woke t-shirt. It is a completely cool, kick-ass shirt, and you could show the world what your favorite podcast and Substack is. So I thank you in advance for your support. Again, I urge you to spread the word, and let's get back to the show. For the second part of this brief episode, I want to focus on an article I shared very recently called Beware the Cannibals of Activism. If you go to the show notes, the link is there. If you click on that link, you will find the other links I discuss in the next few minutes. Um, now, in that article, I explain that in a previous post, I've told my readers that there were left activists who behaved like saboteurs some two decades ago when I dared to stray from the accepted groupthink. Short version. I wrote an article for a website in 2003. Now, the website was called Counterpunch. It's still around, but at least back then it was huge. I, don't, I have no idea if, if it has a big audience now. I don't really care. Um, now, the article focused on questioning the entire concept of does AIDS um, does HIV automatically connect with AIDS? And I quote um, a lot from Peter Duesberg in there. Um, now, the someone connected to Counterpunch was upset by it. And then some readers began to troll me and began to like stalk me online because they couldn't, th like the, the radical left who spoke back then the way the medical freedom 
people speak today. They talk about how they're so open-minded, um, but they couldn't handle that one of their own, yours truly, took on the medical industrial complex. In particular, there were three guys who were, I believe, PhD students. Um, one of them was going to school in Japan, I think another one in California, and one at um, University of Pennsylvania. And they began to try and harass me, taking it to the point of creating a fake Wikipedia page. And then this is Wikipedia back then. It was way easier to um, get in and edit. So anytime me or someone that knew me tried to um, correct their 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 libel and slander on this fake Wikipedia page, one of those three guys was actually just wasting their life enough to be paying attention and turn it back. That's how far it goes. This is how far so-called free thinkers will go to prevent free thinking. Now, that episode finally ended after a while. It took a while, but someone who knew the perpetrators, who also knew me, called me with the details and then stood up for me and with me, and then it ended. Now, roughly 10 years later, in 2014, when I was at the peak of my street activist powers, I was targeted by envious cannibals within the animal rights movement. And anytime I say activist or movement, you could just visualize me doing air quotes, okay? Now, when myself and a friend started questioning the tactics by these so-called animal defenders, we believed, we became the subject of a cowardly whisper campaign via email. If not for one brave soul who got the email and then alerted us to the deception, and she paid a high price, if not for that person, who knows how long it would have taken for us to find out. Since then, in the ensuing 10 years, I have diligently kept my distance from any and all self-appointed warriors and dissidents and free thinkers, etc. But guess what? The diabolical will still do their best to drag you into their delusions because they love their circular firing squads. Something like this happened to me recently. Only this time, a person tried to include me in a whisper campaign about a fellow substacker. I learned the facts, and then knowing full well what it feels like to be slandered like that, it was my chance to step up and help expose the malicious mendacity. To learn more about that, again, go to the main link that I shared in the show notes and look for the links within it. But I want to give you a reminder. It's pretty much common sense here. The truth warriors and the medical freedom movement are just as likely to get themselves mired in the same passive-aggressive high school-level antics as all the other self-anointed heroes over the years and decades. In the time-honored activist mold, too many of them are modern-day Pharisees worthy only of wariness and derision. So I offer just two basic suggestions for starters. Don't blindly follow leaders or anyone who gets by on their charisma and never stand by in silence when someone else is being unjustly targeted by a brood of vipers. In the meantime, for me, I will continue doing my part to keep writing and podcasting about topics that I feel can inspire critical thought and intellectual self-defense, along with some smiles, laughs, solidarity, and faith along the way. I'm not seeking to develop a cult of personality. If I wanted to do that, I could have done it 20 years ago. What I want is to reach a wider and wider audience in the name of contributing to genuine change. As was always the plan, though, 
my primary goal is to find more ways to provide major real-life help for vulnerable people who are far too busy trying to survive to worry about which social media figure has the most subscribers or influence. Again, it doesn't have to be like this. If you truly want social change and personal autonomy in the name of winning a spiritual war, please start keeping your guard up.